Hey again, welcome back. I'm Jesse D, a master's student in ecology and evolution and an open world RPG gamer. You're listening to episode 8 of Gamer's Guide to Ecology, where I play popular open world RPGs from an ecological perspective. On today's episode, I answer your questions about Subnautica and ecology. I'm wrapping up my playthrough of Subnautica this weekend next, but you can follow along with all my playthroughs at twitch.tv slash justjessed. Also, just a heads up, I won't be releasing an episode next week, so stay tuned for a new episode on a new game in the first week of October. Thanks for sending in your comments, questions, and feedback this month. Let's get to some of your questions. Question number one. What are your thoughts on referring to life on other planets as plants or animals if it's likely they share no common ancestry with plants and animals on Earth? Great question. Life on Earth is classified based on our understanding of evolution and the similarity between organisms. Life on Earth is classified broadly into categories. Remember taxonomy? The first level is called kingdom. Organisms that most people know fall into the kingdoms of animal, plants, or fungi. But there are other kingdoms, too, for microscopic and single-celled organisms like protozoa and bacteria. Life on Earth is carbon-based, and the continuation, diversity, and success of life on our planet occurs thanks to DNA replication and sexual reproduction. Sexual reproduction is when gametes from two parent individuals combine their chromosomes to produce a zygote with two sets of chromosomes. Plants and animals reproduce sexually, for example. However, DNA and sexual reproduction are not the only ways for life to perpetuate. For instance, even on Earth we have many life forms that reproduce asexually. Asexual reproduction doesn't involve the combination of gametes, so organisms inherit the full set of chromosomes from their one parent. For example, single-celled organisms and some plants and insects can reproduce asexually. It's entirely possible that life on other planets doesn't play by Earth's rules. Alien life might not be carbon-based, it might reproduce through other means, and it might have a different way of genetic coding that's not DNA. Is it really fair to call alien flora and fauna plants and animals? Perhaps not, since those terms apply to life on Earth. Maybe when considering life on other planets, it makes more sense to classify more generally as unicellular, autotrophs, and heterotrophs, where autotrophs are organisms that produce their own food using energy, like how plants make sugar from sunlight, and where heterotrophs must consume other organisms since they cannot produce their own food. However, I think as we learn more about life on other planets, we may come to rearrange our own system of taxonomy. Plus, we'll have to keep the taxonomists busy doing something. In any case, I think I'll continue to refer to alien life as plants and animals to avoid confusion among listeners. Question number two. You mentioned Leviathan-class animals are a non-taxonomic group. What are some examples of these on Earth? Right. Leviathan-class creatures are categorized solely on their size in Subnautica. To use an example from Earth, animals like blue whales or elephants might be considered Leviathan-class creatures. Although blue whales and elephants are both mammals, they're not closely related species. I hope this helps clarify what I meant. Thanks for your question. Question number three. Could humans survive at depths of 2,000 meters like in Subnautica? As far as we know, no. Freediving humans cannot survive the crushing impact of deep water beyond about 400 meters without special diving equipment. On Earth, that diving equipment can be deep sea diving equipment or personal submarines. So I think when you exit your prawn suit in Subnautica inside the volcano zone at about 2,500 meters below the surface, not only would you experience intense heat from the high water temperature, 
your blood vessels would also be compressed rapidly, causing your blood pressure to spike. Likely, you would die from a ruptured blood vessel in your brain or another vital organ. Now, there's nothing in Subnautica that describes the gravity of the planet. Maybe life on planet 4546b experiences lower gravitational forces due to the planet being smaller than Earth. In that case, the pressure that life experiences at the deepest part of the ocean would be lower than at equal depth on a larger planet. In any case, the rule of cool is true in Subnautica because you can swim at depths of 2,500 meters freely, only having to worry about the usual resources like food, water, and oxygen. With that, we wrap up our four-part series on ecology in Subnautica. We'll bring you Ecology of Subnautica Below Zero at a later date. Stay tuned for a new series in October where I take a stab at ecology in Assassin's Creed Origins and Odyssey. Thanks to you, my listeners, for tuning in week after week. It's been a real pleasure reading your messages, feedback, and questions. If you'd like to support the podcast, click the follow button on whichever platform you're listening today and download new episodes as they come out. Please also follow my Twitch channel to help me hit affiliate. Come say hi and chat with me during streams, again at twitch.tv slash justjessyd. Your support means that I can buy more open world and RPG games and keep making episodes about in-game ecology. Thanks for tuning in. Hope to catch you next time. Podcast art is by Lara LeBlanc, and theme music is called Rain Song by Brett Eagleston. You can hear more of his music at bretteagleston.bandcamp.com. 